0: helps you to understand and experience the depth of God's love for you and the entire world. Thanks for listening. We continue our service with the first reading. It comes from James, the second chapter. My brothers and sisters, do you with your acts of favoritism really believe in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? For if a person with gold rings and in fine clothes come into your assembly, And if a poor person in dirty clothes also comes in and you take notice of the one wearing the fine clothes and say, have a seat here, please, while to the other one who is poor, you say, stand there or sit at my feet. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters, has not God chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith and to be heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him? But you who have dishonored the poor, is it not the rich who oppress you? Is it not they who drag you into court? Is it not they who blaspheme the excellent name that was invoked in you? You do well if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all. For the one who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not murder. Now if you do not commit adultery, but if you murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment will be without mercy to anyone who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and yet does not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. Word of God, Word of life. I said at the beginning, Scripture can be difficult for a couple reasons. One, right? The one we're about to hear in which it's confusing. Jesus isn't the person we think. Then I also said it's because we are commanded to do things that we really struggle with doing. I think that Scripture right there, that's difficult because, holy smokes, we are called to do something, not sit idly by. Please stand as you're able for the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 7, verses 24 through 37. Jesus set out and went away to the region of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know he was there. Yet he could not escape notice. But a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him. So she went home, found the child lying on the bed, and the demon gone. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went by the way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. They brought to him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him aside in private away from the crowd, and put his fingers into his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered them to tell no one. But the more he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. They were astounded beyond measure, saying, He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. The gospel of the Lord, the word of God for the people of God. you, You may be seated. I often think we get, uh, we don't fully get the radicalness of Jesus. How offensive people might, not might have been, really were. Because of what he said, who he interacted with, all of those things. So before we get to Jesus, what he said, and how, This woman challenged him. Think about this setting that is going on that people are reading about to begin with. It says Jesus is in the region of Tyre, right? So how many people know about the region of Tyre? Sounds like a good vacation spot? No, right? Do we really know anything? That oftentimes is a throwaway line when we're doing these readings from Scripture. It names the place. But the name of the place is so extremely important. The region of Tyre, in ancient times, was known as Canaan. Now, if we know anything about Canaan, Canaan is the land that the Israelites went into after they were freed uh, from slavery in Egypt. And so Canaanites were the ancient enemies of the Israelites. So this woman is a descendant of the ancient enemies of the people that Jesus descends from. Does that make sense? So Jesus having a conversation with someone he should not be having a conversation with. Not just not having a conversation with, somebody who the people are thinking we hate them. Do not know our past. Do not know our history do you not know the things that occurred between these two groups of people? Right? So we have that. Jesus is, and he's in that area. He's left his home. He's gone there to interact with somebody. Does that make sense? Jesus is where he shouldn't be. Now, when he's where he shouldn't be, someone comes and talks to him who shouldn't be talking to him. A Syrophoenician woman, right? So she comes from the city of Phoenicia, which is one of the main cities of this region. And women shouldn't be talking to men. Men shouldn't be talking to women, especially in, whether it's in public or in private anyway. In fact, I'd done some research on, and this was written by about 150 .BC by a historian back then. Women were expected to remain unobserved in public. Talk not much with womankind, they said. They said this of even of a man's wife, let alone another man's wife. You couldn't be alone with a woman. In fact, if a man was talking to a woman, public or private, that wasn't his wife, that woman could be divorced with no repayment or no penalty or anything like that. The man could just say, sorry, you did what you shouldn't have done, you're out. And if a woman was divorced in that day and age and was sent out, what were her prospects of really having a thriving life? So can you imagine what people might have been thinking When they hear the story of Jesus in the wrong land, talking to the wrong woman, and this woman is approaching him. And can you imagine the risk that this woman is putting herself in? The original hearers of this day, when they hear this, I wonder, what are they thinking? Jesus, what are you doing? This isn't what we do. And then it gets worse, because she has a daughter that needs to be healed, right? so you can sense that desperation. If you have a child that is sick, child that is hurting, what lengths would you go to? So she risks it. And what's Jesus' response? Sorry, I'm not here for you. We get a version of this in Luke's gospel, and he says, I have come for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I came for this group. I didn't come for this group. Does that sound like the Jesus we know? Have I ever preached anything like that? <laughs> I hope not. When Pastor Lynn was here, did you preach anything like that? I can't imagine anything like that being said in these walls. That God came for this small group. The rest of you, good luck. But that seems to be what Jesus is saying. And not only says, I'm not here for you, he calls her a dog. A very derogatory turn. He insults her. Insult to injury. But she doesn't take no for an answer. She responds. It's almost like she doesn't correct Jesus, right? She's like, even the dogs, right? You might be right, Jesus. Maybe this is who I am. And won't the dog still eat the crumbs that fall from the table? Anything, please, in desperation, I have nowhere else to turn. And this is where we get a turn in the story. Jesus says, right? Let me get, make sure I get the... For saying that you may go, the demon has left your daughter. So she went home, found the child lying in the bed, and the demon gone. Now, there are some scholars or some people that interpret this that say Jesus was testing her, right? Because we can't imagine Jesus changing his way of thinking. So that can't be the answer. It must be something else where if, right, it's got to be on her. She's got to be the one uh, to prove herself. This is why I don't buy that. If she has to prove herself, what does that mean for the rest of us? How many people would fail that test, have failed that test, will fail that test? That puts our salvation on us. You better answer the question correctly. Otherwise, here's what's going to happen to you a hallmark of Lutheran theology. This is, again, why we don't read Scripture. See what it says here? We say, yeah, it does say that. And it also says, hallmark of Lutheran theology, God has done what you cannot do. God saves, we serve. We do our best to live into that salvation that is already ours. That is what grace is. Grace is no ifs, ands, buts about it. It is yours. And you've done nothing to deserve it. So something we believe about Jesus is that Jesus was God and human at the same time, right? We don't quite understand how that works, but we trust somehow it does. Which means if God is also human... If Jesus is also human, let me correct myself there. Jesus has to grow. Jesus has to learn. Jesus has to discover. Jesus has to wonder. Jesus, right? All of these things that maybe can make us uncomfortable. And yet, I don't know how we can avoid. This is why, like I said, we have in Luke, Jesus is missing from his parents for three days. And where do they find him? They find him in the temple. And after that episode, it says, he grew in wisdom. Over that time, right? Scripture right there says he grew in wisdom. He understood more about who he was, what he was here to do, his place in the world. How many people wonder that? Who am I? What am I here to do? And what's my place in the world? I think it's okay to say Jesus was discovering this throughout his life. He was a creature of his time. So there were limits on him. That's part of what being human is. And somehow in there, God was as well, which allowed his death and resurrection to do what our death can't. It's not one or the other. It's a both and. Does that make sense? Which can be hard to understand. We want an easy answer sometimes. We want our opinions to be affirmed, correct? Just tell me how I'm already right because that feels good, doesn't it? So we watch the news that tells us what we already think. We read the articles that confirms what we already know to believe to be true. Nobody does that, do they? I think we do that because we're afraid, who am I if I am wrong? What is someone going to think if I used to say one thing? and now I've changed my mind. Am I just going along with culture? Am I a flip-flopper? Or do we say, oh my gosh, I've learned new information. (laughs) I learned something I didn't know before that has impacted me and now I have a different opinion. Does that make sense? because our faith, because we confess and we receive forgiveness, we ought to be able to say, I was wrong. I know better now. And we live from that place. I think Jesus gives us that example. I know better now. To me, That's what it means to truly be free. To be freed to live in love and in Christ. I don't live in fear of, ooh, but what if? Right? But what if? I'm afraid, so my fear is going to direct me to this line of thinking. Instead, I'm open, and I say, I'm not worried about being right. Instead, I want to get it right. I don't want to be right. I want to get it right. There's a difference there, isn't there? If we're able to confess our sins, acknowledge our mistakes, Say we've learned, we've grown in wisdom. We ought to be able to do that. Our faith frees us up to take in new information about who I am, who God is, and my place in the world. To me, that is true freedom. Amen. That's the sermon for this week. We hope from it you learned a bit more about God's love for you and the world. Please subscribe and rate our podcast to help us be found by and reach more people. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, you are loved.